Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, the digital content creator and marketing strategist and coach for women business owners. And welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. VIP stands for Visibility, Impact, Profit. And this podcast will get you inspired and fired up about content creation and marketing yourself and your brand. Each week, you'll get marketing and mindset strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to land more clients, nurture your leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. We also go behind the scenes with powerful women in business to discuss strategies, messaging, and more. My mission is to empower you to stop spinning your wheels and to make your mark with your marketing. Ready to wow your ideal client and create a community of raving fans? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to VIP Access. I'm Melanie Hershorn. Today's guest is Esther Kiss. She's a serial entrepreneur, business mentor, and a publicity and marketing expert. She's the founder of Born to Influence, a one-of-a-kind publicity agency that specializes in helping experts and personal brands get more credibility, leads, and sales. And her clients have been featured on national TV shows, in newspapers, magazines, notable business publications, and on some of the top podcasts in the world, resulting in millions, I said millions of dollars in additional sales. So I am so excited that Esther is here because today we're going to be talking about really important things that have to do with publicity and marketing and how that can really benefit you. So Esther, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about what publicity is, because I think that sometimes people get confused because in my opinion, publicity kind of falls under the marketing umbrella, Mm -hmm. but it's really its own thing. So tell us a bit about what publicity really is. Yeah, If you want to go to the official definition, it would be something along the lines of your relationship with the public as a company. Let's say you have a personal brand, you're a coach or a service provider, It's you as a person, but it's still your company, the way you do business. What is that like? How do you represent yourself in the world? Now, a really great side effect of that is if that relationship is positive, then it works kind of in the marketing arena. It will generate more leads and sales and conversions will be easier and faster and all of that stuff. But still, it's about creating some kind of a credible relationship where you position yourself as the go-to authority in your field. So they look up to you in a way. And also in being on as many platforms as you can be that are with the relevant audiences who you can serve. And I think we take that a step further because it's the mainstream. It's mainstream media. It's you turning on the television or picking up a newspaper or downloading a podcast or listening to the radio. It's really not just social media, which Social media is is a little bit different. I feel like social media is more about the community and sharing things on an ongoing basis because you can do it. It's your own platform. Well, technically you don't own it, but right, you have your own page, your own Facebook page, your own YouTube channel, whatever. But when you're being interviewed, whether it's traditional media, like what you were referring to, TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, Forbes, Inc., whatever, or it could be something like a podcast or a YouTube show or a Facebook live interview, a LinkedIn show, a Zoom chat, like what we are doing here. 
media is about having a platform or going to be interviewed on a platform that has an active audience. I really, really like getting online media attention from my clients because they tend to be smaller audiences than, for instance, a TV show, but they are much, much more targeted. So as an example, if you're a fitness coach or somebody who is teaching weight loss, being on TV is great because your audience is the general public. Like just about everybody wants to lose a little bit weight, <laughs> weight and feel better and look better and all of that. But if you're teaching somebody how to optimize your Facebook ads, that's not going to be really suitable for the general public. It's more of a, where if you want to get leads and sales, you would want to go after podcasts and those types of media outlets. That said, it's still nice to have some traditional media, even if you have a niche business, because it will give you credibility. Having been interviewed on those platforms, you just have to understand that you can't be very geeky with your content there. You have to tie it into what's going on in the mainstream news and then talk about that as it relates to your business and your expertise. Right. Absolutely. You need to have timeliness. There needs to be a reason. It can't just be, well, oh, I woke up this morning and I have a business. So <laughs> write about me or or feature me on your It's show. nice to have a track record. <laughs> Would you say that having a book could be a really great reason to go after that traditional publicity? It can be great to help you get additional media exposure if it's a book of substance. Because in the online marketing space, there's just a lot of people who are teaching how to write a 60-page book that's all about call to action on every single page. That's just not going to cut it. So as an example, when I pitch my clients for TV interviews, we pitch them based on merit, right? Based on their expertise. And by the way, he or she is also the author of the upcoming new book and we might send the Amazon page. If the producer is interested in interviewing that person, usually they ask us to send them an advanced copy of the book. They're not going to read it from cover to cover, but they want to have a look to kind of filter through who are the quote unquote Amazon bestsellers that are really, a lot of them are not really substantial books. Not to say that there's anything wrong with being an Amazon bestseller, but it has to be something that actually gives helpful information. So that's what they're looking for. And then on the podcasting and online media side, you have to be careful how you position it if you have a book, because it comes back to how a lot of authors do interviews because they tend to just have their five talking points and they say that on every single interview and you swap out the name of the podcast and it's basically the exact same spiel. Podcasters are starting to get burned out by that. And so some of them, the minute they hear that it's a book or it's an author, then they're like, no, thanks. <laughs> so, so you want to be careful with how you build a relationship with that podcaster first. Make sure that they actually want to have you on as a person for your expertise. 99% of the time, they're going to ask you before the interview that, is there anything special that you would like to mention? And certainly you can talk about your book. Mm -hmm. I think that's a wonderful point that you're making. Now, I help yeah. authors. I help coaches and speakers who've written a book do their yeah. content marketing. So that's more the day-to-day. -day. And yes, it's exactly like you said. You can't just show up and say, hey, I wrote a book. And here are the five things about my book that you have to just hear about. It's true. You have to build credibility. You have to create substance and take out of that book. What's the mission of the book? What is it that you're trying to do? Why did you write it in the first place? What's your origin story? Why are you doing what you're doing? Because it's got to be bigger than that. And I think that sometimes that gets lost. I think yeah. that sometimes people are just so focused. Like you said, you know, write a book in 60 days. Well, <laughs> great. I'm so proud of you that you wrote a book. 
You know, it's funny. I was at, I was at a conference this past weekend in the swag bag. I got a book and I thought, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then I looked at the book and I was like, this is a book. It felt more like exactly what you said. It had a QR code. It looked like somebody printed it on their home printer, but it still had legitimate covers on both sides. <laughs> and I thought, this is not a book. <laughs> this is not what I think of as a book. But that's why I think working with experts like yourself helps. It separates the wheat from the chaff. It puts you above your competition because you can take somebody who has a legitimate story, a legitimate business, a legitimate mission, and you can you know, weave in your expertise on how to market them, how to create that publicity like your bio says, get millions of dollars in sales. Yeah. And, and speaking of that too, if you want to monetize your publicity, it's really important to understand where the book fits in within that strategy. No matter how many book copies you sell, you're not going to make a ton of money just on the book. The profit margins are so small and it really doesn't matter if you're self-publishing or having going through a traditional publisher. From a profit perspective, unless you're writing a Harry Potter <laughs> It's not going to be something that makes a ton of money. So it's important that you come to it with an actual strategy before you even write the book. Have, for lack of a better word, have a funnel, right? Have an offer that actually works, that people want to buy something from you. And you know that there is a process where you can enroll people, whether it's one-on-one coaching or online courses or consulting, whatever. And then the book is something that will help you build notoriety and get the attention of those who have maybe never heard about you. So in a way, it will be a lead generator, but it's important that you have a kind of a slot for it in your overall marketing arsenal. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So what do you do when somebody comes to you? Let's say they've written a book or you know whatever they are, they have a big business and they don't really have that future plan. They're kind of backing themselves into it. What would you do? Would you say, hold on a second, we have to start again? Or I actually don't take on people who only have a book unless it's a branding play, unless it's a person who is, for example, very comfortable with speaking at the Fortune 500 companies types of events. And so they know that having a book will help them get more gigs. But again, then they still have a quote-unquote funnel, right? They have something that already is working. So if somebody doesn't have that piece, I usually tell them that, look, I I can help you. We can get the publicity, but you're not going to get the results you think you're going to get. So let's just hold off for a second. Make sure that you have that in place, and then we can think about publicity. Mm-hmm. What is the range of time that it often takes to really garner publicity? Full disclosure, I worked in publicity many, many, yeah. many, many years ago. We used to say there are no guarantees. Yeah. Well, we can make a producer exactly interview you on that particular show within the next two weeks. <laughs> we don't own oh, oh, you can't? <laughs> we don't own those media outlets. So of course we cannot make guarantees, especially the specific things like I'm going to be on this show or that show, you know, it's unless it's my own show, I'm not going to be able to make a guarantee like that. It's best not to take on clients that we don't feel comfortable that we can get them bookings for. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for eight, nine years now. So it's important and it's my reputation too. So really what we are looking for time-wise is at the minimum four to six months, but that would really depend on how much publicity and exposure that person already had previously. 
as an example, if they've never done TV, it's going to take a while to get those first bookings because one of the very first questions a producer will ask is, has this person done live TV? Do they have experience with that? And if they don't, I mean, we, we can kind of compensate for it now with having some Zoom interviews or YouTube channels or things like that. But still, it's not the same because in the studio, it just goes so fast. The breakfast television interview is like one to two minutes, maybe three, including the questions. So you have to know how to deliver that in a very soundbitey and very precise way in a way that appeals to a mainstream audience. And depending on the scope of the project, it might be up to a year that we start before the book would come out. And this is for promoting books that they want to promote the launch for, right? So they want to have as many pre-orders as possible. And if it's an ongoing promotion for a book that already came out before, you know, then it, it can be however long we want to go. That's wonderful. And I, I love how you really talked about the amount of time that the TV interview is. It can be 10 seconds. You get a whole 10 second soundbite yep. and yet, you know, then it's yours yep. and you can include it everywhere. Is it difficult to get on television? Is it difficult to get on podcasts if you're working with a publicist like you? I think it really depends on who you are, how marketable you are. This is going to sound really shallow. But if somebody doesn't look presentable, it's harder to get them. No matter how smart they are, it's harder to get them on TV. So hopefully, you know, you have a nice smile. You look decent, combed, all of that stuff. Not the hair all over the place, like things like that. You don't have to look like a supermodel. Most people aren't who are on TV, but just look presentable. The other thing too, is that the tips that you share in your TV interview, which would be part of the pitch before we book anything, it has to be something that's interesting, not the same old, same old that they've heard before. So we have to tie it into something newsworthy, something timely. You were even mentioning it earlier. Why was it so important to write this book now, right? Why is it relevant? So let's think about that. And then the helpful tips that you're giving to a very general audience would be something that they, you know, they haven't heard before. Okay. Now I have a question that I wonder what your answer is going to be, because I know what my answer is. Do press releases work? They can, but not in a way that most people use them. Most people tend to use something like PR Web or one of these paid services where they pay a few hundred dollars to get it in front of as many media outlets as possible. And they think that they've done their job. Unless you're a really, truly famous person, like an A-list celebrity or a public company where there is interest in all the press releases, it's not going to do much. Sometimes it can get picked up, but most of the time, it's, you know, there is no interviews resulting from it. So the way you want to use a press release in conjunction with a book is you would write your press release, turn it into a PDF, and then put it on your website. Now you go do the legwork and then start pitching all the TV producers, radio producers, etc. Book those interviews. But before you maybe have booked them, you're emailing them, maybe you haven't heard back or they said, yeah, tell me a little bit more. You can now link to your press release. So that's a way to use it so that you have extra content for the follow-up rather than, hey, did you get my email? <laughs> you're actually giving them something more. And they can see that you're properly put together, packaged, you understand what this whole game is about, but you're not just relying on some paid service and expecting miracles from that. Ooh, this was such an amazing tip. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope everybody stopped whatever they were doing and wrote that down. <laughs> 
because that is going to be so key. So I love how you answered that question about, so you do need a press release. We don't always do it. If the client really wants it, we can create one. I find that really what makes the biggest difference is the timeliness of the story for mainstream media and the relationships with all those different editors and journalists and podcasters. The benefit of hiring someone, whether it's me or or whoever, is that you're tapping into their network that they've built over years and years and years. Having that access that isn't it's very different than cold pitching the same person with the exact same story. And chances are it's not even gonna be the same kind of pitch or headline because I mean there is somebody who's been doing it for a while and then you're there brand new. It's you know, it's something that you need to learn. Right. It's true. And I used to have a company and I was the everything for my company. So I was constantly pitching myself. So I knew all the names of all the people in that space. And I would pitch to them regularly. Every time something, there were some people I never heard back from, but I knew, I knew that they knew my name already because they heard from me over the course of eight years. But it's true. You can't just cold pitch media and expect to hear back. I have been the media. I worked in radio and I got press releases regularly. And the ones that were really fluffy, I wouldn't even respond. I would just hit delete. But just realistically, you don't have time. If you get 50 to 100 a day or even maybe more, like how can you possibly respond to all of them? You wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> no, it's true. Okay. So now let's talk about one of your favorite clients who you saw super success. Can you tell us? Sure. One of my favorite clients is Ryan Levesque. I have to say he wrote two books. I did the publicity for both of them. One is called Ask. The other one is Choose. And Ryan specializes in surveying your market and understanding what they actually want and need and what they would be willing to pay for before you come up with a product or service. So he has sold over $150 million worth of products and services before he wrote the book. So we knew that really this is based on true experience. What we talked about earlier, right? The substance of the book. And his first book, Ask, is really cool too, because the way he did it is the first part of the book is his story. And the second part is the methodology. So it kind of gives us, you know, angles to play with, with any kind of media, depending on what they're looking for. And so with him, uh, he wanted to be on podcasts. So he knew that and understood that he is going after entrepreneurs. It's not the general public. And he already had media experience from before. So he had all those logos on his website from TV and radio and all that stuff. And, and that did well for him at that time, you know, previously when he had his agency. But now for the book, he wanted to be on podcasts. So we booked him about 80 podcasts, 80 over the course of 11 months. And um, we ended up adding over $1.8 million per year to his business. And we know for sure we can track it because he is so data-driven that he would actually track that this person came from this show and then they listened and then they bought and they bought the next thing. They bought the mastermind and the software and the event and all of that. So, so you can get that granular. You don't have to be. But if, if you already have that kind of setup, you might as well. And one of the key differences that, that I always teach to all of my clients that you have to do this, and Ryan did this really well, is use your published interviews in your marketing. So what that means is you take your, for example, your podcast interview or your TV clip, run it in your retargeting campaign on your Facebook ads, or put it on your social media. And send it to people ahead of a sales call. Make sure that you're repeatedly putting it in front of the right people. Put it in your autoresponder. A small fraction of your audience will have seen whenever you posted about it live. 
So they, they just have no idea. And this way you get to warm them up. And so what we found looking at all the clients that I worked with over the years is doing this. It's so simple, but most people think that I did the interview. I'm done. <laughs> that was done. No, no, no. This is where I'm starting. <laughs> so now you take it and then you use it as much as you can until you look really different. You change your hair color. You're hundred pounds less or more. <laughs> you know, you can, it will still feel very relevant. Now, of course, you know, seasonal differences aside, you know, like don't put a Halloween interview at Christmas or <laughs> things like that. But just use common sense. And so what we found is that it tends to really shorten the sales cycle and it drops client acquisition costs by as much as 90% because you are being really strategic. You are putting it in front of people who already are primed for that kind of a service or product that you have to sell. And now you're giving them all these interviews. It's not like, hey, by myself, by myself, but it's the credibility and the relationship that you're building with them. And if you have some media training and you deliver your interviews in a way that they always feel like they're learning something new from you, it's not the same five talking points in every interview. That's when they're like, wow, I want to know more. And so it really reduces your cost and your advertising side as well. That is wonderful. What amazing tips you have given us today, Esther. I appreciate that so much. So for those listening who are saying, all right, I am ready to go on other people's platforms. I am ready to work with a publicist. How would they find out more about you and your company? You can go to my website, borntoinfluence.com. I have a quiz there that you can take and see if publicity is right for you at this stage. It's really important to have certain things set up, like what we talked about with the funnel and everything so that it will pay off for you. So that's a good way to start. Just you can go take the quiz there, which is really fun too. Or just email me at esther, E-S-T-H-E-R, at borntoinfluence.com. All right. And then you can be born to influence. Esther, thank you so much for joining me today. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Melanie. You've written a book. Now what? If you're ready to implement a simple content marketing strategy to create buzz around your book and your brand, schedule your free sparkles and strategy call with me, Melanie Hirshhorn at contentstrategycall.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. To find out how engaging your content is, take the content quiz at mycontentquiz.com. Plus, you're invited to join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women business owners just like you. Thank you so much for listening.